Welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm Liana Ross, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm the assistant director of Gooding Wellness Group, and I'm on a mission to answer your real and honest questions, unfiltered, while also giving you the real and honest opinions of a mental health clinician on pop culture and trending topics. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Let's Be Honest podcast. I'm Liana and I'm a licensed mental health counselor and your host. And today is an episode based around pop culture, but I feel like you guys are really going to appreciate this one and take some really tangible tools from it. So the main topic that we're focusing on is that we all have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce. So we're going to talk about how to structure your time so you can make the most out of your time each day. Because we see all these high achieving women in the media and it's like, okay, they have so much going on, but how do I kind of manage my time so I can get the most out of it? Self-care, work, families, it's so much. So to help me talk about this topic, I have licensed psychologist and teletherapist network founder, Catherine Escare. She's from Pennsylvania, and she's also the co-host of Am I Bad Therapist podcast. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much, Liana. It's nice to be here. I'm so excited to have you on, and I was a guest on Am I Bad Therapist, so you guys should go check it out. It's a great show. And I'm going to have Catherine share more about her services uh, towards the end because she offers so much for clinicians and individuals as well. So let's get into it. So Catherine, share, I guess, when we hear this topic of having the mo- more time in your day to do what you need, what comes up for you? This is like, this all comes out of a personal journey of mine of having so many passions in life and wanting to just dive in headfirst to so many different things and, you know, going through periods of life where I have done it and felt overwhelmed and burnt out and learning how to prioritize my tasks, structure my time and then protect my energy have, it's been fundamental in changing how I show up in all of my roles. And, you know, and I think you can relate to this. We wear so many hats. Like I am a mother, I am a wife, I am a sister and daughter. I am a psychologist. I run the teletherapist network. I'm a podcast host with my friend, Allie. Like we wear so many different hats that it's so important for us to be thoughtful about how we're showing up, how we're scheduling and how we're protecting our energy. So those three things come up for me, but I'm sure we'll get into way more. Yes. You know, it's so funny. Like, as you say it out loud, I'm like, oh my God, that's so many things. But then I think about myself and I'm like, I only have a few differences from that. Like, I think it's important to validate how much we actually have going on. And I remember maybe like several months ago when I was in therapy and I said, why am I having a hard time with balancing Mm -hmm. all of these things, right? Like I could have done this a couple of years ago. Other people do it. I know other people who have more on their plate. Why am I feeling burnt out? But of course that mindset didn't help me. And it's, I think the first step is validating that we all have a lot on our plate. We're only human. Yeah. And the thing about this topic of like making the most out of your day or 
carving out more hours in your day. It's not to fit more things in. It's just so that your your time serves you and your passions well. Like this isn't about doing more. It's actually about being more thoughtful and purposeful with the time we do have. And when we are aligned and purposeful, we generate more results than we would if we just squeezed more things in, right? Like quality over quantity of what we do throughout our day. That is very true. Um, you know, and it's funny because sometimes I will literally make it a point to do nothing, like sit on the couch, watch Netflix. And I hear some people say like friends or even people I work with and they say, like, well, then I feel not productive. And I feel like we have this constant need to be productive, whatever that means. But I've just been hearing that more and more throughout the conversations I've been having. I mean, what about you? Have you heard people say that too, this like oh. need for productivity? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes. Especially during the pandemic when we couldn't, there was no separation between work and life and home and family and everything else in between. Yeah. I, and I can absolutely relate to that. Like when I sit down and watch Netflix for two hours at the end of the day, it might seem like a lot, but I'm literally going nonstop throughout the day. Like that, I have to work through my own guilt and shame around like not doing things. And I think that we need to disassociate and, and break apart this idea that doing equals results. Like we don't have to do all the things to get all the results. Right. And so that's the thing I constantly remind myself of like, I am producing, I am, I am supporting my family. I'm showing up for my kids and, you know, I don't have to squeeze more in. And if I do need more results, maybe there's other ways to go about it than me squeezing more in. And I think that breaking that down of productivity does not necessarily equal results is, is huge, like huge. Yes, it really, really is. I just feel like there's this constant societal pressure. I mean, I hear it from other clinicians that I'm friends with or yeah. whatever it is. And actually, it made me think of a personal experience where like a couple of years ago or not even that long, I used to be huge into cooking. Like everyone yeah. knew me. I was like, I almost went to culinary school. I was like oh, cooking cool. up a storm. And then more and more time passed and more and more responsibilities came on me. Mm-hmm. And my priorities shifted, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, my world is so much bigger and I have so much, many things, amazing things going on. And I just didn't have the motivation to cook. And it was so unlike me. And I'm like, oh my God, like what's happening? This is so weird. I felt like this, almost like a feeling of shame yeah. where it's like almost like a piece of my identity was yeah. lost. And identity. Yeah. And, and I had to really meet myself where I was at instead of like, shaming myself. Instead, it was, okay, well, rather than forcing something that is not happening, how can I attend to my needs? And I shared about this on my Instagram stories when it was like, this was like my thought process. And I ended up, you know, doing some meal prep delivery kit and whether it be like splitting up the cooking with my husband or just saying like, okay, now I get the difficulties with it. I think a lot of like mothers and partners, doesn't matter if you're a mother or not, but just the the cooking for dinner can be so stressful and it's just not another thing that we can put on our plate like something so easy and minimal it's like oh I can't even think about it you are like preaching to the choir I literally just had this discussion with my husband last night on sometimes I just feel like I just have to it just feels like this never-ending cycle of figuring out what's for dinner until you die like yes yes. (laughs) but like I don't want to live that life So, I mean, some strategies that I've employed are absolutely outsource that stuff. Absolutely. And outsourcing to me means 
Panera sometimes. Yes. It means it means meal delivery kits. It means outsourcing to frozen meals. It means all of those things. And another thing I love to do is I set a boundary on my time. Like if I'm going to cook during the weeknight, that meal better be start to finish, including cook time under 30 minutes. And if it is, if it's more, I don't engage in it. Like I put a boundary around, yeah, maybe I want a homemade chicken parm, but I know that's not going to serve me in my weeknight meals. So I'm going to save that, or I'm going to put a boundary around how much time I expect myself to be making dinner. Putting these boundaries is so important to protecting our energy for the things that actually produce the results or align with our life goals. And when I say results, I don't mean like money all the time or create like products or services or anything like that. I mean, like produce results gets us closer to our life goals, whether that be being really present with our kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people's like life goals might be, I really want to engage in the hobby of cooking and their whole strategy around meals is might look totally different than mine. But for me, that is something I choose to outsource and put limits on so that I can do the other things I love to do. That is such a good point because ever since I've been, I've been doing it for almost like a month now where I've been getting, and I used to be so against these like meal preps. I'm like, why can't you do it yourself? And then I look back and I'm like, wow, I have so much more time to do Mm -hmm. other things. And like you said, I'm not saying, okay, well now I need to have that time to be productive. I am just, whether it's going on the couch and watching Netflix and binging Love Island because I did that, or it's taking a walk or spending time with my husband or my dog Mm -hmm. or my family or whatever it might be, just having time for myself that I don't need to refill that time. It kind of goes to this idea of prioritizing what you really need to do. And when I say Mm -hmm. need, it's like that thing that's going to make you feel good right? Mm-hmm. Like me not putting all my time into cooking all the time is like making me happier. It's yes. making me feel good rather than putting on this expectation that's not realistic. I think that's another big thing is that like, are we being realistic with our mm-hmm. expectations? Right. Do you think Beyonce cooks all of her meals? How not. not? Right? De- definitely not. <laughs> no, no, because she has bigger fish, <laughs> pun intended, bigger fish to fry. Yes. Um, because she is choosing to spend her time on probably things that propel her business further and fill her cup more. Unless it is cooking. Maybe she loves to cook. I don't know. But it, it, if that doesn't fill her cup or propel her business goals, I highly doubt she's engaging in it. That is such a good point. Right. And we think about all these big women in media who have so many businesses are flying across the country and like, that's where their buckets are filled. Right. And maybe for us, it's like, okay, I'm not flying across the country and I'm not, you know, going on tour, but I also have a family. I have a house. Mm -hmm. I have friends. I have all these other things Mm -hmm. that I do want to attend to. So I think it's also about starting small and mm-hmm. like I said, like being realistic, if mm-hmm. I'm not in the mood to cook a freaking entree appetizer and dessert, why am I going to put that as my to on my to-do list? Maybe I'm just going to say, I'm going to cook breakfast today. Hi, my name is Gordon Gooding. I'm the founder and director of the Gooding Wellness Group here in Cold Spring Harbor, New York. We are a group of mental health providers that offer individual and family counseling here on Long Island. We believe the first step for caring for your mental health is to talk and to learn about it, which is what this podcast does such a great job of. If it has a name, someone else has been through it, and so can you. If you ever need a professional that cares about what you are facing, please feel free to reach out to us. 
Our counseling services are available throughout New York State through our teletherapy service, and we also offer in-person sessions in our beautiful offices here in Long Island, New York. You can reach us at goodingwellness.com or by calling 631-351-2940. Remember, there's nothing that you need to face alone. Until then, keep listening, be deliberate with your mental health, and keep it honest. Yeah, it's, it's like also letting go of these societal expectations of what you do is cook food at home if you want to save money. Well, maybe that's actually not the best way to save money for you. Maybe it's working an extra hour or picking up a side hustle that gives brings you energy and joy and outsourcing those meals to less time, right? Like looking at the bigger picture as opposed to your innate scripts around what you should be doing to achieve what goals you should have and really aligning your goals to what brings you joy and propels your life to where you want it to go. Um, deconstructing those has been huge in being able to allow myself to take risks and to let go of things that aren't serving me. And that's such a cliche phrase, but like cooking dinner was not serving me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And when you, when you, when you said the word should, I mean, the yeah. amount of times I hear people say I should, I should, I mean, Hey, I'm a victim of that too. We're human. Mm -hmm. I had someone say to me, should equals shame. And I'm like, Ooh, Ooh that's good. I'm going to use yeah. that. Right. Like anytime we're saying I should have done that, I should do this. That language is just not beneficial. Question it. Like, should you, who says should, are you saying you should, is the world saying you should, is your family, who's saying should, right. And unless it's coming from you and your goals and your alignment, then like, who cares what other people think we should do? I'm sure my mom thinks I should cook dinner all the time. She damn well knows I don't. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> exactly. And I always encourage people. And I think this, like you were kind of saying about the reframe and our language is that instead of I should, or I have to, even if you still want to do that same task, changing the language to, I get to, I get to yes. go on a walk today yeah. because then it's yeah. also, I'm choosing, I'm choosing mm -hmm. to do this for myself mm -hmm. rather than like you said, someone from society or society or whomever is telling me to do it. I mean, who wants to do something when we're like, we feel like we're forced. Mm -hmm. There are very few things in life we're actually forced to do. I think taxes and death are the two. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, so like it, everything else, we really are choosing. We really are choosing to do these things for ourselves or for our family. And so putting that power back in our choice of I get to also gives you the freedom of I don't have to, right? So using that language is allows us to one experience the privilege of choosing, but also let's go of this, this forcefulness of having to do it. Right. Do you think, I think I keep going back to this. We have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce. Cause that's my favorite phrase. Yeah. And I keep thinking like, do you think Beyonce wants to fly around the world all the time? Probably not. Right. But hopefully she's able to reframe it of, I am so privileged and I'm choosing to do this so that I can bring home uh, a salary, not a salary, but you know what I mean? Bring <laughs> yeah. home a, a better life for my family than what I grew up with. Right. So it's this reframe and, and acknowledging the choice in it allows us to, to feel more in control actually. Definitely. Yeah, I completely agree. The control piece is, is really what mm -hmm. comes to mind in regards to the I get to versus I mm -hmm. should. Mm -hmm. And also, as I always encourage people to use it as a point of um, 
exploration and being curious. Mm -hmm. If I felt Mm -hmm. shame for not doing something or for Mm -hmm. doing something, let's explore that, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we feel this moment of shame, I always try to bring it to explore, be curious and see what we would like to change. Not that we have to change anything, but again, bringing Mm -hmm. it back to like, I have the power to do what I would like to do outside of external influences, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I think external influences play a really big role in this, especially, I mean, I'm thinking about social media and seeing all these Mm -hmm. other people Mm -hmm. do being really productive, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And then it makes us feel, well, I need to do all of that. Mm -hmm. Or I need, you know, all these people are doing all these things, the comparison game. So we got to catch ourselves in that game. Oh, the comparison game is huge of creating this list of shoulds in our head, right? Our neighbors, our friends, they're doing these things. I I know that in my personal life, it's like, well, they're traveling all the time. Well, we we should travel all the time. Well, maybe that doesn't fill our, my family's cup as much as another family's. And so even though I feel like it should, I really had to dig deep and say like, well, well, why, why should we do this? Is it because we could, is it because we can, or is it because that would, you know, be getting us to where we want our family to be or working, you know, on building our family. And so, yeah, this comparison game, I think, like you said, in social media has just exacerbated it of this, um, the shoulds, the shoulds that we never really, at least I don't know, because I'm only from a certain generation, but previous to social media, mm-hmm. I wonder, I'm sure there were still shoulds, but were they as the breadth and depth of shoulds that we're experiencing now? I wonder. Oh, probably not because it's like, you don't know what you don't see. Right. (laughs) You don't see anything. Uh, What a life. Um, And then it's another point I wanted to bring up because it is also a personal experience. The idea of delegating tasks that like when we feel like we can't do all the things, what do we do with it? Right. Or or want to do all the things. Yes. What if I don't want to do all the things? That's okay too. Exactly. Exactly. And like recently I was a maid of honor. Well, I am a maid of honor for my friend's wedding and it's the first time I ever am a maid of honor. So, um, the girls and I were planning the bridal shower and the bachelorette. So, you know, all the planning that goes into that and the girls were fantastic. And I definitely found myself doing all doing a lot of it. And it's not because they weren't doing it. It was literally because of me. Mm -hmm. And that I remember towards the end, I was so nervous to ask one of them specifically to like do something like, Hey, can you go out and get this or whatever it was? And, but I'm like, Liana, I had to like retell myself, Liana, you did a lot. You're not being mean. And I think that's where a lot of people fear asking for help. I think there's a big fear of asking for help in general. But I, you know, just letting people know that it's hard for me too. And I can tell you that after I asked for help, it was totally fine. Of course they did it. Of course yeah. they were down to help. And I felt yeah. I felt so much better in that week where I wasn't running around and going crazy. It it pays off afterwards. And I and I think as time goes on, it'll get easier. Systems and delegation pay dividends. And when we can't delegate, my favorite way to, when we can't delegate to another person, my favorite way to do like a partial delegation or at least lift the burden of things that we, we I should say, need or choose to do, even though they don't fill our cup or get us closer to our goals, is systems. Having like automated systems or even just patterns of behaviors makes like mundane tasks 
feel so much easier and get done so much quicker. Like if you don't have a system around, this is just coming from like running a household with two toddlers. Um, if you don't have a system around laundry I, and it stresses you out, I highly recommend getting a system around laundry where you do it at the same time every week or you do it at the same time every day. And once that becomes part of your routine, it actually takes up way less mental energy bandwidth and stress. Like just get it systemized and it will, it's like a partial delegation. You're delegating the mental load off of yourself. That's such a good point. And that like, that makes me think about even working out, right? Like yeah. where I go to the gym every single, not every single day, but the days I go, I go at the same time. Mm -hmm. I know the two days that I like to take off from the gym and I don't think about it. Yeah. Rather than the waking up and what am I going to do today? Oh, oh my God, I have those days to too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I like the laundry idea where like I do it every Sunday because if I don't do it on Sunday, what am I going to do it? I don't know. It's just going to stay there. And, and yeah, I think developing a system where it just becomes almost like a habit that we get used to. And it's going to be uncomfortable at first. Totally. It's, but then it eventually gets a little bit more easier over time. Yeah, it's like riding a bike. It takes a lot of effort, energy, and and stress to learn how to ride a bike, but eventually it becomes so automated in our bodies and our minds that we can do other things while riding a bike, like talk on the phone or listen to a podcast or enjoy the scenery. Like these are the types of things that you like these mundane tasks that you can systemize so they are like riding a bike and you can enjoy other things while doing them and they don't take up a huge bandwidth in your head. Yes, yes. And and kind of thinking about our conversation, I'm thinking the big message or one of the big messages I'm feeling is like encouraging people to be kind to themselves. Yeah. Right? Like in this process, we're talking about such great strategies and ways to do things and just be kind to yourself in the process. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a little bumpy, but I will tell you that being kind to yourself will push you way further. Yeah. in the journey than being mean to yourself. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to add in another, I think kindness is key. And then also creativity, like embrace unusual ways of doing things or letting go of the shoulds and having your life or profession or business look a little different because it aligns with who you are, what you're going for, like being creative in how you create your life is if you're kind and creative, I mean, the world is just going to open up for you and doors are going to open that you never even saw coming. Like it's really, really wild. Um, when we, when we let go of these internal scripts. Ooh, I like that. I like, yeah. I actually started getting into doing Legos, <laughs> like, like, like adult Legos and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like my creativity right now. And it's yeah. like a form of mindfulness and it's just like, it is so beneficial. So I love the idea of like creativity. I love that. And you probably didn't have that in your script growing up that like Legos are going to be my creative, mindful outlet when I'm an adult, but you let, you know what I mean? You like embrace it. I love that. Yeah. I actually have, um, the show friends. I have the yeah. apartments waiting for me to oh. do. Well, I think that's <laughs> a big one, right? That's I know it's one. a big one. God bless. So I know it's so great. Um, well, thank you so much, Catherine. This was like so beneficial. And I think everyone will get so many things out of this. Um, can you share a little bit about you, the Teletherapist Network, yeah. your, your podcast, your services? 
Sure. So I'm in central Pennsylvania. I have a pri I have a practice integra with integrated primary care. So not necessarily services that I am sharing because super full and, and serving my rural community. However, if you are a therapist, counselor, clinician, any of those things, uh, I really would love to see you guys on the Teletherapist Network. We are a small, intimate group of therapists that consult. We have consultation groups. We have master classes. It's really this powerful leveraging of collective resources, knowledge, and support so we can all align ourselves, achieve our goals, support each other along the way. It was kind of this um, professional organization that was missing in my life, so I created it. Um, speaking of kindness and creativity. So I'd love if you could check that out. That's teletherapistnetwork.com or on Instagram, teletherapist.network. And we're not just for all remote therapists. We're for in-person therapists too. And check out, if you are a therapy goer or a therapist, you might like to check out our podcast, Am I Bad Therapist? Um, and I'm sure, Liana, you'll link it. But it is stories from behind the closed therapy door. All of the therapist perspectives of their missteps, their mistakes, their moments, that made them question, oh crap, am I a bad therapist? So I think it's it's uh, entertaining for therapists and therapy goers alike. I agree. I agree. It really, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is so validating. But it, yeah. also as a therapy goer, it's it's super cool to see what goes on behind the scenes of like, like our thought our process. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It is, it's really fun. It's really fun. And Liana has an episode on there, so you'll have to check it out. Yes. I believe it was episode 11. Yes. Yes, check it, it was. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Terminator. Oh, the Terminator. Oh, the cover art for that was fantastic. <laughs> Allie was so excited. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll definitely link both of those in the show notes. So I'm so excited for that. Thank you so much for coming on. And remember to our listeners to submit your question or request a topic to let's be honest at goodingwellness.com or you can DM it to at let's be honest pod. And remember to rate, review, subscribe, follow, and follow on Instagram. And if you're looking to go to therapy, whether it's virtually in New York or in person in Cold Spring Harbor, Long Island, check out our websites, goodingwellness.com and longislandhealththerapy.com. Thanks.